0: hey welcome back to the game dev breakdown podcast my name is todd mitchell i'm back tonight with john scheiber and we have an awesome guest for you and that is paul dana of plastic games the creative mind behind the game bit shifter which is available on steam uh it's an early access game with a really fascinating history that goes way way back probably further than you realize so we're going to talk about that get some questions answered hear a little bit about paul and his thoughts on different topics and it's it's just great i won't waste a lot of time We'll get straight to that. If you want to support the show in the meantime, we still have those Amazon banners at the uh, top and right side of the homepage at codewriteplay.com. If you want to start your next trip to Amazon there, that's a free way for you to support the show, and we appreciate it and it help so much. So uh, with that in mind, let's go straight to our chat with uh, John and Paul. I will hit the button. I'm hit the buttons, SpongeBob. I'm gonna hit the button.
1: Don't hit it, Patrick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's as good a start as any. Hi, John. How's it going? I'm doing well, Todd. How are you this evening? I'm okay. And that voice—that's not John—is John's friend, Paul Dana of Plastic Games. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing pretty good. Buddy's a little presumptuous. I met you about three minutes ago. Yeah, how you doing there, friend, brother? <laughs> a Little forward on my part, yeah, but the, brother, um, Yo, fellow traveler. <laughs> right, you guys yes. have been playing Overwatch for what? Five hours? Um, more a like a year and 50. a bit. Yeah, <laughs> way more yes I was, I was, hey, yes right i was getting ready to leave the house and and john sends me like ah we we good for tonight yeah we're good for tonight looking forward to it great uh cool we're gonna go play overwatch and i'm like okay and uh i come back and i'm getting ready like you guys ready soon like yeah we'll get off overwatch when you're when you're ready <laughs> <It was awesome. laughs> We, were,
2: we were, that's not all i did today but i can see from your perspective how that looks yeah i
0: just i had to share my my point of view um so I, I guess how we'll start is it came up that we're sort of all uh, friends with John here, but we don't know those origin stories. So let's talk about that. John and Paul, how did you guys sort of get uh, hooked up through the magic of Overwatch? Well, it's your friend Rob,
1: right? Wicked yep. is kind of a hub. You know, he's a, a people person. He's a uniter. He, he
2: did. is. And, you know, he just kind of brought us all together. What he was doing is he just adding people that would actually play healers. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs>
0: It's oh, really what it was. I it's I really it's true. what it was. I and I then, it's
2: true. Yep. And then from there we just kinda of became friends. There's a whole bunch of us. I ended up because of uh that that Kawa guy. I ended up yeah. one day, actually several times now, in a lobby full of people that are speaking Mandarin Chinese at <laughs> rapid fire and it's it, it's pretty wild. I've I i kind of like how how that all works out. Yeah, he sometimes I mean, our translator too,
1: which is kinda of fun. Yeah. He'll, like, he'll be like that guy that guy's name means uh, I help my stupid team through love. <laughs> you know, I'll be mean, okay. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes. I,
1: I think video games are the new good old boys network. So, you know. Oh, maybe. <laughs> good to see that there's a more penetration of females into that space, you know, than there was when it was like guys playing rocket ball, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But
2: Interesting choice of words.
1: <laughs> hey, I'm going to penetrate. <laughs>
0: <laughs> now he's getting it he's picking up what he's laying down we're gonna earn that explicit tag tonight I got a feeling <laughs> do that explicit tag, awesome. I actually oh, wow. do and you know it wasn't because of anything specific that we do or have done it was just because like I thought you know I'd like to have the option
1: <laughs> yes. wait you want me to be explicit uh, I mean don't
0: me. don't strive for it
1: <laughs> no, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm just handling my favorite TV show Arrested Development Oh, nice. Oh, I am a big fan yeah. of that, too. That is a good show.
0: You you mentioned the, you know, the sort of diverse group that you, you sort of connect with during Overwatch. I That made me think of, um, I recently explained the game to somebody, one of the rare people who hadn't played it. And I said, you know, imagine instead of like the, the normal 13-year-old boy playing Call of Duty and calling your mom a whore and all that stuff, uh, imagine like... People from every country, of all types, of all colors, religions, creeds, coming together and being complete assholes to each other. Yes! And then then you have Overwatch.
2: Like, I played with an Arab guy the other day that was so furious that we wouldn't go into Voice Channel, and he was in there, and it sounded like the mic was taped to the roof of his mouth. He was just like...
1: (laughs) (laughs) We're on back.
2: (laughs) I know. I'm furious. He was typing angry messages to us in team chat. It
0: was humorous. <laughs> it actually right. sounded like Roadhog. <laughs> no. You know,
1: you could you could use that as kind of like dipstick. You know, the the end the oil dipstick of the of human race current time to say let's see how they're doing. Let's just stick the stick in, pull it out. You know, because yeah. because it really is right. Like the game is about making people
0: cooperate, and that makes people dicks. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> It's That's simultaneous. <laughs> it, it brings out their best and their worst at the same time. Yes,
1: doesn't it? So you guys know each other in real life and since high school and stuff. So how did you guys It was
0: it was actually well before high school because I I think I recall um my mom and John's mom sort of connecting through church when we were I don't know, were we like more like 9 or 10? Something like that? I John? think so. I think yeah. so. So Definitely formative years, and uh, our our parents didn't know any better, so they left us alone and let us hang out and just do all sorts they, of crazy they didn't stuff. No, any better. Yeah, <laughs> and it was video mostly games. video games. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. They didn't
1: realize the alchemy that this would. Well, see, it's you guys are both like lucky and unlucky, in my opinion, because like there just wasn't video games when I was ten at all. Like they just yeah. didn't even exist. There wasn't even fucking pong at that point, so it wasn't on the horizon. But also, you know. <laughs> We played with fire, so <laughs> <laughs> it would have been helpful, <laughs> right? It's true. I mean, like, <laughs> you, you want to see everyone, wants to see shit blow up, and so video games helps you get there. so yeah, it
0: yeah. sort of scratches that itch without you actually having to go out into the backyard sometimes. That's true
2: it was kind of like the new seinfeld stand-up special on netflix it's hilarious if you haven't checked it out and one of the scenes he's talking about growing up in the 60s and he's like yeah they just gave us sugar for breakfast and sugar for lunch and sugar for dinner and he's like and then nothing had seat belts there was no seat belts on cars cars." so he goes we were just flying through the air filled with sugar
0: (laughs) because that was the 60s i have watched (laughs) that that's very funny amazing it is it's a good amazing. it's a good special and it, the most striking scene in that that whole thing is when they lay out all of his notes that he wrote as a stand up throughout all those decades and it, the camera starts right next to him he's just surrounded by you know piles of paper on the on the ground and it zooms out and it goes like way down the street like one into the other just all these you know pieces of paper i thought that was fascinating
2: it really was it makes me feel useless as a creative person because have <laughs> millions of notes and i don't have even half of that
0: yeah
1: i got nothing man
0: right i am a big note writer i've got uh graph paper notebooks full of uh stuff i, I really don't look at very often but i mean it's there the, the act of help uh, writing helps me quite a bit so hmm. okay yeah and i know people
1: who have like a you know, like what was your diary say around then like
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> We'll, well check my competitive Overwatch rating. That'll say yeah. more about my. Yeah, let me. Yeah, like, let me uh, yeah, let me. Uh,
0: let me. consult my. Um, let me consult oh, yeah. my memoirs. Yeah. <laughs> now, oh, again, now you published. can look at time hop on Facebook or whatever the hell. You know. Right. Yes. That <laughs> it works. It's cool. time hop. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> it's the new diary, you know. So uh, I guess we, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about uh, any anything on point tonight. But uh... right,
1: <laughs> what are you fucking talking?
0: Right. First of all, I will get deep at the
1: drop of a hat. Oh yeah, Second, I have well, a feeling coming up pretty soon. that although you know I do <laughs> computer programming, I've done that for a living. Lately, I've tried to be a game developer, so we can talk about that. I'm not, yes. I'm not amazingly interested in those topics. <laughs> Probably because I work so much in them You know what I mean? Like I'm just one of those guys where I do have a topic and I do have a thing, but it's it's the popular science books that I read that just seriously fire me up, you know? Yeah,
2: I can I could see that. And you two are the only guys I know that have published games and so i thought that was awesome and that's definitely why i wanted to f- see how this conversation yeah, so went. where
1: todd so tell me what the deal is with you so where did you i mean i'll, I'll tell you about plastic games and, and paul Dana and stuff in a bit but where? like i didn't realize the a friend who did publish a game and everything he just said you know a podcast right and i said okay sure <laughs> yeah. i have like yeah. zero context i'm an avid listener as of five minutes ago well,
0: i <laughs> I'll take that. That puts you way, way at the top of our listenership, but, uh, hey. <laughs> so the, the high level overview with me is basically that I, I am, you know, from John's area. We live in the Midwest and, uh, you know, obviously I've been a, a fan of video games since a very young age, but growing up here and going to school here, uh, I came to a point where I realized, um, Oh, there's nowhere to work in video games here. So, <laughs> um, you know I, I didn't feel like i'd be a good candidate to sort of relocate and try to fend for myself in you know la or uh <laughs> even chicago probably might not have gone well so okay. so what i did was i started a you're career a country with... boy
1: thank god i'm a country boy
0: <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> i was like i got John Denver now going through my mind but just you're fine, you're
0: fine but by comparison to any uh you know person in the industry yeah that's i may as well live in the forest or whatever but um so what I did was I started a career in like QA at a, you know, back office billing software provider, just normal sort of mundane professional software development stuff. And, uh, you know, 10 years go by and I'm still, still nurturing that, you know, software career. And then, uh, my wife and I, our first child comes along and, um, she she's a physician and we sort of talked about like it'd be nice to have one of us taking care of the kid at home uh she's like you know i i can't do it and i'm like yeah you can't really see patients at the house um <laughs> but uh, uh we, we figured you know i i could sort of follow that dream and t- take the flying leap and go into you you know it, it wouldn't be super profitable right away but that's the route we went and um i found out as my son started to grow and i wanted to help him learn different things like I, I found sort of a passion I didn't know about for sort of educational uh, games and in- interactive software that could uh, help help him learn, things like that. So my first game ended up being something I made for him as a prototype to teach him letters and numbers. And uh, when when he learned his letters and numbers at like you know, 16 months or something like that, I would go, okay, now we got something here. So I, I took... Awesome. I, yeah, I know. I took about seven or eight months to sort of polish that as much as I, I knew how as a person without a published game. And uh, put it out for iOS, Android, uh, went and talked to some classrooms about it, visited a couple of schools, and I've I've given a couple of talks about the process. And uh, now I, I sort of got started on Upwork just doing random bits and pieces because we're we're also building a house right now. There's a lot going what, on. What is
1: up? What is Upwork?
0: Upwork is uh, basically a freelancer site where you go. Um, I can do oh, the cool. following. Okay. I, right. You know, I have these expertise areas, and people will come to you and go, "Hey, could you could you do this?" I started doing stuff like editing vid- videos on YouTube and uh, writing uh, blog articles for a guy, and then you know, lo and behold, some people come out of the woodwork and Skills, go, "Skills, man,
1: you're I leveling know.
0: It up." <laughs> I know. Yeah. Bam! People came to me and they're like, you do these couple of things with game development, right? Yeah, absolutely. Would you consider uh, doing some game development for us? And immediately I picked up two game development clients through this site. So now I've, I've sort of got two uh, eh, sort of big game projects going on. And I'm, I'm sort of taking a run at it through the in- indie studio. And uh, here we are. <laughs> nice. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. yeah. So uh, with that in mind, give uh, anybody who's not familiar with you already through... Uh, you know, following Plastic Games or following Bit Shifter, your big game that we'll talk about. Uh, give us the uh, the introductory version.
1: Yeah, so you know, should I start at the beginning or sort of go backwards from where I am? It's hard to say. Um, maybe I'll sort of start at the beginning. I'm 53, so I was born in 1965, but I wasn't like you know flying through the air. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but like I was 10 in 1975, right? So I can tell you what the 70s looked like as a kid, and it wasn't much different. You know, yeah. we were given, given twice and said, go, you know, we were in cars with still with no seatbelts. Right. We were still, <laughs> still giving sugar all the time, you know? Yes. Um, you know, my family was a little bit different. I was a little bit, we didn't have the phrase on the spectrum, you know?
0: Right. <laughs> right.
1: But I was kind uh. of that weird kid. Right. You know, there wasn't video games and that's probably amazing. But the first time that I saw a computer, it couldn't have bored me the more to shit. Right. So I, went to like a, so I went to a science camp. I was I was, I was really lucky. And, you know, I got to pick stuff. And they took us there. And they were like, you know, this is astronomy. And, this, you know, this is chemistry. Electronics. and You know what I mean? All this stuff. Yeah. And and computers. And I was, like, very interested, you know. And they're, they're like, here it is. And it's, like, a teletype. And a computer, that's a couple of towns away in Avon. You know, you, you type stuff here. And stuff comes back. And I'm like, it's, like, a bad typewriter? That's a computer. That's a computer? Because I'm thinking, thanks, lights, you know what I mean? The ominous voice, right? You know, yeah. like, right? <laughs> like, kid, I have no idea. No idea. So my first introduction was very bad. But then after that, as a kid, my brother.
2: You're, uh, your mic is cutting. Oh, in. sorry. I'm wa- watering
1: right in the room. Like, I'm wandering around like my mic is going with me. Today. Oh, there you go. So okay. I've, I've changed mic. I'm sorry. And so, you know, uh, there was a computer class. Offered merely because anyone who was in the advanced class could do it, and they didn't have enough people taking it. So even though my sister was a senior and I was a freshman, we would never have anything to do with each other. We were actually the same class. So I was obviously, you know, you know, determined to do really well at this. And you know, I was good at math, and so it actually was fairly easy. I mean, the ideas were pretty simple to me and everything. And so I did it, and I didn't really connect it to anything until the next year. I went to after that, I went to a different high school. The reason why is unimportant, but. They had an Apple II, and I saw video games on this Apple II, and that's when the two things came together for me. You that know was what my I mean? first
0: computer, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> well, I, I mean, I, I just talk. thought, I'm like, I'm like oh, like, I could sort of see how you do it, right? Because yeah.
1: mm-hmm. I knew this little bit of BASIC that I was taught there, and, you know, they had these machines, they had BASIC, you know what I mean? There was a draw line command, it started to play around, so it was just the beginning of having an amp and plugging in and just wanging and making notes, you know what I mean? Sure.
2: yeah. Yeah. Now, see, Todd, interesting. Not to not to sidetrack your story for a minute, uh, Paul, but I didn't know Todd that your first computer is the Apple II.
0: It actually was. Uh, my dad had a. <laughs> my dad had a Commodore sixty four that I wasn't allowed to touch. So uh, a family member saw like an Apple II at a yard sale or something. It was not in the prime time for Apple II's, but it did end up being my first machine I was actually able to use and uh, punching in code from those books you would buy. With, with games in them, that's right, what, right. what gave me an interest in programming. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Which is funny because I went completely in the other direction. I could never, ever
1: imagine, like, typing all that in. I was like, oh, my God, you've got to be kidding me. I <laughs> would surely make a mistake and it would just be hell. Like, oh, my God, you have to go over the whole thing and everything. So people who had a copy who typed it in, you know what I mean? You could copy the disk or whatever. Oh, yeah. Except for it wasn't a disk. It was a tape. It was god-awful, right? Right. <laughs> I mean, it was, and you would lose stuff. It was just the most terrible thing. Like, media sucked. Like, I was always distrustful. When Flappy Disk did come along, I was like, this is the most amazing thing in the world. <laughs> but anyway, you know, the point is from there, even though, like, video games completely entranced me, they were also, here's the key point, a social thing that I did with. Them. So, when Space Invaders and uh, Asteroids came, I really wasn't that interested in Space Invaders. Cause it was very solitary. But Asteroids, it was like a, a teleport button, remember, you know? Oh, Asteroids yeah. Deluxe, they had, like, a shield. But that teleport button was like, you just never get your finger on it fast enough when you really needed it. And so we actually played that game two people, you know? Oh, I see. Two player, and you would be his teleport guy. And it was important, but you could sometimes die. So teleporting when you shouldn't be was like, bad move, you know? Waste of quarter. It was very, very weighty material here. (laughs) Yeah,
2: (laughs) that's a lot of money back then,
1: dude. (laughs) Playing around with Ed. Seriously, you know? And so, but I mean... The, the thing, though, is that when it came to, like, computers and all this stuff, they got better. There's all these amazing games, you know, and we could talk about all that stuff, like, early days. Because I was there for the whole thing computer-wise, right? But I was missing from the whole console thing. Like, I left consoles at Intellivision, and I picked it back up at GameCube kid died I mean, like i was oh gone man for imagine that transition that like everything <laughs> that ever happened on consoles right like i missed it all so everybody you was missed like the, well, everybody you missed the golden years i missed everything but here's the thing here's the point i'm trying to make is programming computers was entrancing to me because it combined so much of what i liked and eliminated so much of what i didn't like about all the kind of crafty projecty things that i was nice and it did use the math that I knew, but I come to understand very quickly what people meant. Where there isn't a whole lot of math in programming, that's not really what it's about. I and agree. that it's and that it's and that it's craft. It's more about like a craft. So if you're the kind of person that does you know anything from knitting to whatever, right? You know, as like you can sit down in an afternoon. You love the idea of sitting and filling out a bunch of squares. If it's going to be some cool art when you're done, if that's you. You know, yeah. you can put in. You're, or a piano player. You know, you'll put 57 hours in so that somebody can listen to you play for a minute and a half.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But it, it's your recital. If that's yeah. you, then programming is also for you because there's all this effort behind the scenes and then people get to see this cool result. So it's like putting on a play. It's like making music. It taps into all the same crafty shit, but especially that you're okay with being by yourself. You're okay thinking things through that get you going. You know what I mean? Yeah, you for really, sure. You could really, like, Get into that. Your two thing and so for me, I was always more interested really in programming the computers than playing games until people came in. and then it would, became a social thing and we would do it. Huh. So, so you know, and then and I got sucked into having kids and blah blah blah. So, yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> and 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 it was you know for us it was like okay we had our first kid we didn't know what we were doing we went to have our second kid and we had twins.
0: Oh boy! That were, that oh, were born,
1: that were born almost three months prematurely. Oh wow! Yeah. So it was like, oh, I don't even remember. I honestly have a missing year. I have no idea. Yeah.
0: Wow. I got
1: so little sleep, it's gone. It's completely... I have no fucking. Yeah. <laughs> is, yeah. is that Zor? Yeah. Zor? Yeah, and his twin oh, sister's Yeah, I didn't realize that. Yeah. And here's the thing you don't know about Zor is he's like officially on the spectrum. He's actually high-functioning.
2: Is he high-functioning autistic?
1: Yeah. Except for, no, because they changed the DSM. So between the the latest, which is what, five, and then the previous one, four, they downgraded his particular category, which was always like a, an otherwise category, like they lump everybody, they couldn't quite characterize into this category. Mm-hmm. Um, they took it out and said, it's not really autism anymore, we're going to call it something else. So in a way, no. So but, so it makes sense, huh. right? Because he's very high of function,
2: right? In here, and then uh, I'll share something with you, because we kind of have a, uh, not necessarily a connection there, but in a way, yeah, yeah my wife has been formally trained to work with children um, when they're very young that, that are on the spectrum and different things like that. She was an occupational therapist assistant and it Gee, is that her set there has very, very much aided us um, with our daughter in, in the early years here. She has just been a fantastic mother because she understands how the mind of so many different types of children develop. It's yeah. inspiring to see, but um, yeah. yeah. So I know uh, talking about kids on the spectrum and hearing stories and, and, um yeah. you know being kind yeah. of involved in their world somewhat because she would tell me what her work day was like um yeah I understand I feel for people in that situation it's a very unique interesting challenging experience
1: see I've gotten over my my very unique thing that used to drive me crazy something is unique, very unique like very pregnant like unique is one of a kind you can't be very unique people just mean very original you know yes yeah they don't mean it literally so I just I've been told to get over that one so I'll get over it. See, this is, yeah. this is this is me, right? But yeah, yeah. So Tim it has what's called, um, what's it called? It's, he's like, you know, not otherwise specified category of it, too. So which means like they're not even really.
2: Are you, no, wait a minute. Are you sure that they're just not trying to clinically diagnose him with being an asshole?
1: <laughs> so I mean, right? <laughs> he's, he's just a dick face. That's what they said, you know. Because
2: I've heard him talk some trash on people, and I
1: I'm like, okay. man, this is
2: inspired. This is next level <laughs> shit talking. We got. I know.
1: I know, and and his twin sister has um, dyslexia.
2: Okay, and sure.
1: and what is essentially someone the neurologist said. Look, it's complicated because we just don't know. In your daughter's case, like a lot of people, we just don't really fucking know. Why don't you just imagine that she has really, really slight cerebral palsy. So huh. she's going to take a long time to put on, like, muscle mass on her legs. And she's always going to be somewhat uncoordinated, you know, whatever. And so, yeah, like, you know, they at one point they thought we might have been abusing because she hit her head so much. And it would fall into her eyes. <laughs> and she'd have these oh. big bruising eyes. You ever seen that? Like a lump that falls into oh. her head? Have you ever seen that? It'll happen. Oh, yeah, I think I have seen that.
0: Yeah, it's rough. Yeah, (laughs) it
1: falls, and they get, like, a huge fucking knot on their head. First thing, it just swells up, and it's awful, and you put ice on it or whatever. Then it's, like, a bump there for a while, and you're like, fuck, and it starts to get, like, kind of purpley or whatever, and then it literally goes, whoop, and slides into your eye, and it looks like you've been knocked in. the eye. Oh. Oh, man. Oh, parenting. Yeah, it's (laughs) awesome. Dude, it's so fucking funny. We had one person who were trying to figure out what was up with our kids, you know, so my wife was huge advocate and trying to figure out what the fuck was going on because obviously when your kids are young you don't know what the hell's going on,
0: right yeah <clears throat>
1: there's no there's no manual there's a button that comes up and you know you get an alert on your phone because oh by the way your kid you know
0: yeah.
2: <laughs> wow now right? so through all of this part of your life where's your where's plastic games is this going on at the same
1: time as oh is afterwards you, yeah like it's part, part of your life being is old is i've been able to go forward so basically there was you know the part of my life where i was a computer programmer and the type of computer programming that I programming that I did is interactive 3D graphic, so it's like next door to making. It's almost all the same sets of stuff, yeah. But without any of the actual, you know, what makes it really hard—the difference between, you know, a, a, you know, what I'm saying, like the difference between a, I don't know, like a security camera and a movie. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Lord. hard
1: part is the hard part is the entertainment and all that. So that's mm-hmm. what makes making games really fucking hard. But at its core, it's just software. And the yeah, type of software it is, is it's, it's well, it's interactive 3D software. You know, and that's the stuff, other than the sound part of it and all that, that's the stuff I did. And so I've, you know, was familiar with the idea of engines and different stuff. That was a concept that was sort of growing in the industry and stuff, apart from what, you know, people in games did. It's almost like the people who do game development are kind of like, you know, the race car, you know, make yeah. right? They, they make the high-performance parts, you know. I mm-hmm. see,
2: I see. It's interesting, both of you guys independently, well, you just shared now, so not independently, but on this podcast, <laughs> and then Todd independently, that's the correct way to say that, have mentioned that the art aspect of the game ends up being the hardest. And I mean, it kind of seems for me as a non-game developer, just a consumer, it seems like, oh, well, that was really an obvious thing. But, <laughs>
1: at the same time, it's, but it's, it's not art, though. It's it The word I use very carefully chosen. It's the art, like the programming is just one technical aspect, and if you're good at art, then making game art is not hard. If you're good at software development, then the software development part of games isn't necessarily particularly hard, right? It huh. is because there's performance involved, and so it is kind of a high-end harder part of it. But what makes it hard is because it's entertainment, and it's not your ten-year-old who goes, "Yeah, this is not fun at all; it's boring." Can destroy <laughs> your years of work, right? Right, and, and their opinion is valid.
0: Because yeah. whether
1: it's fun or not, that's so hard
0: the way I've explained it to people is uh, games are sort of a marriage of many different art forms. And each one of those art forms has uh, sort of an established playbook. An artist breaks down uh, what he wants to, to create or what she wants to create into this series of steps. We do the following uh, the music I've been trained in music theory. So I know how to compose something uh, you know, we can draw the pixel stuff, program the code. And when it comes together, Uh, maybe you've done everything 100% and you still haven't captured the experience that it needs to be on on the user's end. And if you haven't done that, you haven't done shit.
1: Right. So, And I always want, again, I was interested in games all the time. And here I was decades into doing interactive computer graphics since before anybody had any fucking idea what that was. Like I was there from the beginning of everything. Like, you know, before Apple, right? Before Macintosh, right? All that stuff. I was doing it. I was an amateur. I didn't know what the fuck, right? But I was in the game at that time. And so I sort of saw all this stuff happen. It's kind of crazy. But I always, you know, in the back of my mind, I always thought, you know, that fucking video game has sparked my goddamn imagination to begin with. Always been interested. in, You know, I always wondered. And so, you know, what happened in my case specifically was, well, we had the kids finally, you know, and and then we had the twins that were born prematurely. And I had the lost years. And, you know, then those kids became a couple years, you know, two two, three. And I started to be able to do things again. I was like, right. I could actually, I could actually do something. and yeah. that, so then I kind of came back to it again, and I started playing video games um, more than I was before.
2: You're drifting um, again.
1: Oh, that's right. I got to pick up the mic to go. Um, he <laughs> just got a Garage. new rig.
2: And he is not used to it. Yeah. I know,
1: I got you. The mic is right. I can just walk around. You know? Can you hear me just fine? Um, this uh, company called Garage Games formed, and and the company was basically the. The person who was the head owner, you know, runner of Dynamics. Yeah. And they had just made Tribes 2, and they absolutely fucking hated their publisher and the whole industry and everything. And they said, fuck you all, we're getting out, we're gonna take our engine and we're gonna go do something with it. And they actually had a hell of a time extracting all that Tribes 2 stuff from the engine because their agreement said that they owned the engine, but the people who owned Tribes, you know, whoever the fuck they were, I forget just gave him shit about which part of it was actually funded by them and all that kind of stuff.
0: I think there's a good uh, post-mortem out about that as well.
1: Yeah, there's some great stuff about that. And so the guy who did this, Jeff Tunnell, is an amazing dude. And, um, you know, he formed this company with some of the programmers, Mark Fraunmeyer and just a bunch of great guys that I ended up meeting and stuff that made this company. And what they decided to do was crazy at the time. They're like, why don't we just sell the engine as like a retail prop?" rather than trying to make the next greatest game that we don't have the money to make and everything.
0: You know? yeah.
2: Mm.
1: And people, you know, they, they were just laughed at. People were like, that's nuts. You know, like maybe you can get some dinguses to buy it. But I mean, like the average person can't do anything with the game engine. You know, they, they, they're they not going to, how much are you going to try to, you know, they'll spend 10, 15 bucks, but they're not going to shell out. Like you'd have to charge like 100 bucks or something, you know? Yeah. So they charge 150 bucks at first. And later on, they changed it to 100. And they paved the way. Unity, all that stuff. Everybody who talks indie, who talks about, you know, all that stuff, all the talk about indie, everything started with those. They really did it. They really launched it. They weren't the first. There was other people who were indie, but they were the first person to put their, you know, sort of money where their mouth is and say, let's sell a game engine. It's just a consumer level product and see what to do. They also made a game with it called uh, marble blast. Is that what it was? Marble, a marble rolling game. That they did as well, and some other things for the game. But the the key thing that they really did was sort of start that community of people to say, you know, go go indie, make your own game, and here's this thing.
0: It was not marble madness, surely.
1: No, marble madness was like that was was the uh, arcade game, right?
0: Yeah, I think it later hit the NES. Yeah.
1: Anyway. Yeah, and yeah, there was also the Super Monkey Ball. So. Oh yeah. This was a lot closer to Super Monkey Ball in terms of the game. Marble Madness. I loved that game. Monkey Ball. Yes.
2: It's a good one. Yeah, Monkey
1: Ball was great. It's very similar, but. A little bit different. So, I mean, we'd be splicing here as as game designers to talk about what's different about it. But, I mean, they, um, you know, they they were, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And so I actually was one of the several people that called them up and said, can I give you the money now? And they were like, we're not taking the orders. And so, you know, they eventually shipped the stupid thing. And, you know, the rest is almost history. Like, Unity ended up stealing a bunch of people away from them and essentially copied at first. Every single thing that Crash Games was trying to do, Unity simply just copied it make things looked, how the editor worked everything you know they even stole engineers and marketing people away from the company specifically
0: what did you know they, know know they what call mean? the
1: engine the torque came in.
0: that's what i thought it was i've, I've yeah. looked at that a little bit
1: they what? wanted to call it i think like the v8 or v1200 or something like you know that's like a game it's an actual car engine yeah you know what i mean something like that and there was a, a already copyright on it so they called it the torque
0: that's right. I, I looked at it much more recently, obviously, like, way, way, way further yeah, down the road. And route. I was
1: just one of the few people that, you know, since I had been doing 3D game development, I mean, 3D interactive graphic development, right, I was in a position to be able to just dump a bunch of source code and stuff and say, go figure it out. For me, it was like, oh, my God, you have just taken me all the way to the promised land. Like, you know, <laughs> all I got to do is hack my way through the bushes with a fucking machete right yeah. there. You know what I mean? And so everyone else was complaining that it didn't do this or that. It was terrible. But... Again, it was, you know, a, people did want something like what Unity is now. Unity is, you know, a thousand times better than what the Torque game engine was. Sure. You know, in terms of on-the-ground experience for your average person. But anyway, that's where it began with me. And so I ended up making this game called uh, Bitshifter early on there. And then, you know, it didn't really go anywhere. And we put it down. I did other things. And, you know, did a little contract work or whatever. And we started working on Bitshifter again. And then we ended up doing work for Disney. And I've talked about that. We put games at COT. So we put the game down again, we started working on a zombie game, we put that down, we started working on a kid's game, we put that down. Then we had another intern who came into the company, and we were like, well, maybe we'll have to work on the zombie game, I don't know, And when we showed the bishop, he's like, why would you have me work on anything with this? This is amazing, you know? We were like, oh, God, we're so done with that game, dude. And
2: Pick we've it had up. a Pick lot it up of for... discussions about that. Oh,
1: God, and we picked it up for the third, fourth time, whatever it was. And now I'm at the point where I'm ready to put it down again. And so, you know, I'll talk about that game Anything you want to hear about it or whatever, but I'm in an interesting position to be just, like, you know, having eh, sort of come at all this from the the other direction, you know, not, like, building up from sort of, you know, nothing and trying to learn how to program by making but the opposite, doing everything but making games for a long time and then finally getting to do it kind of as a hobby, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. uh,
1: And so now, you know, with this particular game, it's just... Soured me to the whole process, and so you know I tried to. We had installed Unity, went through a bunch sort of tutorials to learn how to use it. You know, ended up making some games from my youth that I always wondered what it would be like to make them. Some two D games, are fucking fun and everything. But still, I just don't know. I wonder if I'm at the point of my life where I'm sort of done with art. Say, but interesting. Before we before we talk about that, I just want to say really weird specifics that have come up in this conversation. <laughs> you, J. rex talking about no seriously about, and, and especially Todd, you talking about. Games to teach kids stuff because that connects to that topic that I passionate, about, you know.
0: Yeah, the yeah. science,
1: the science, you know. And it's it's a lot that I've learned and what I have opinions about kids and education and all kinds of just very strong opinions. And I could talk for just hours on that topic. And I have very strong opinions about technology, where it's appropriate, where it's inappropriate, mm-hmm. and and also about how we have not really become as Human species, like we're just starting, and we think we're so advanced and so far along, and we're like Stone like, Age. It's obvious to me that that's we have come nowhere near tapping the potential of what humans do. And part of how we're going to figure it out, it to me, it's, it obviously is like kids and games and stuff. So we can talk. Oh my God! You know, <laughs> and then we, and then learning difficulties and everything just sort of tie into it, it. Ties into the natural variant that exists, and that we're tapping. We're becoming more different.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I'm with you, and, and I never, you know, when I was 17 or 18 and going like, I'm going to learn how to make games and make stupid stuff for my friends, and we'll play the stuff that's like Doom, and uh, right. <laughs> yeah. you never think ahead to that point where it's like, I want to impart some knowledge, you know, to my offspring, and stuff like yeah. this, <laughs> and, and you know, but but the funny <laughs> thing is when you get to that point, and so Roger. many... I know so many people have come to that point or never come to that point, never even thought about this. But once you do, you start to think about how this stuff actually affects the brain, how it affects learning, uh, how you can stimulate learning. And it's, it's like, you're thinking about it on a completely new plane. And not only that, but the connections I've made, like you said, like you, you bring this stuff up and certain people immediately light up like a Christmas tree and go, yes, I, I have thoughts about this. This is important to me too. Uh, I've I've connected better with people over this part of it than any of the stuff I've done previously. I'm part of a local co-op for game development here in the Midwest. They have like the ent- as a group they have zero interest. I was like, guys, I just yeah. shipped a game. I learned a ton. I know tons of great marketing stuff now for this. Someone will find this helpful. They're like, yeah, we don't have room for you <laughs> at, at their uh, wow. you know big conference for the year. Like, yeah, we we can't find a space for you. Nobody wants to hear that. Well,
1: I think you connect with people because this shit's important. Yeah. Yeah. Like globally, future of humanity important, massively important. Not like, my God, I'm a conspiracy theorist, but just, you know, I could lay it out for you, but if if you were sort of to hop in my head and sort of see the future the way I see it, you'd be like, oh, of course, you know?
0: Yeah. And it's, it's such a, uh, I feel like such a higher purpose to begin with. It's sort of like, even if the only impact was, you're going to help you know right now i'm working with an elementary school teacher to make her entire reading curriculum for the year completely interactive using unity and i'm i'm going to make like i don't think she'd mind me saying like a few hundred bucks it, cuz it's it's a teacher's salary we're we're both like how how can we just get this done the easiest way and great high fives for everyone and we'll help the kids like that's good enough you know it's, it's it this is serving a purpose and uh it's it's not going to be uh first person blow someone's brains out fun awesome stuff but at the same time it's like no okay now i feel like great i did something great for the second half of the year what's next you know
1: yeah yes yep i i like to go about it from various different thought experiments you know like imagine that there was some oracle okay just some machine that would just sit there okay and it allowed an average person when it comes to understanding of technology, right? Somebody who otherwise doesn't know dick, basically, about all this kind of stuff or software development and all that. But they have an expertise. Maybe they're a pulmonary specialist. Maybe they're a plumber. You know what I mean? Maybe they do landscaping. It doesn't really matter, right? You don't have a specialist. They could be a fucking hooker. Seriously, <laughs> like, it doesn't matter, okay? But this imagine this Miracle Box would let them make a realized production of a 20 minute show that could explain one little piece of what they know really well so that if somebody wanted to learn it it would be super interesting and fun and stick in their head can you picture that yeah Mm -hmm. imagine how much that just by itself would change the world if it was easy for everybody to like make their own little you know documentary absolutely can you picture that like that would be something that would leverage what we already know to know even more to, to take what we do and like amplify. it's like an amplifier of human if such a thing will.
0: absolutely right so
1: now step away from it and say well that's not realistic we don't have magic machines but instead of no effort right someone else makes this document right imagine that you had to spend as much effort as it took to get, okay? or maybe as much effort as it took to like put fence in your yard or go to school okay or whatever at some point you hit the the, the, the difficulty level that we're at right the fuck now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. With YouTube and video editing and software development, everything that you have, if you wanted to make an interactive experience to explain how something worked, you are so much closer today than anybody has ever been in history to that magic box. It's a thought experiment, right? Sure. How close do you have to get to it before you realize that that's going to change everything? Okay. And if you want to sort of have an example to extrapolate from the past, something that's real into this future that I'm talking about, that it's hard to wrap our head around. I use the example of my mom. She was born in 1940. Okay, when she was a young woman, let me say 20, it was 1960. She was educated and she knew stuff, but she wasn't genius or brilliant or, or knew that much about, let's say, you know, entertainment or music or television or any of that stuff. But she understood, as people of her age, intelligence did that. Well, it's done with a set of machines and people in a room somewhere, and they, you know, aim a camera at you and they've lights, and, you know, okay, or they put you in this room with like padding on the walls and there's, you know, musicians come in and there's this big machine with like, tape. You know I mean? She could give you some details. She could tell you what it would do, right? Mm-hmm. In the case of, say, making a movie or in the case of, say, making an album, music, or whatever it is, okay? To tell, to dial forward to our present day and to explain to somebody that now that's done with a machine that would fit in your pocket effectively and, and, that, and that all that expensive equipment essentially has been replaced with a few pieces of specialized equipment. And then this computer thing, you know, that can do everything else for you would be hard to swallow. It would be hard to believe that all that had been reduced to something that is at the uh, level that an average person could afford it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then, and then it would work. And you could tell the exact same story when it came to video production or music, you could take your pick. And it would be astonishing to say to somebody that this machine existed, but to then step back and say, guess what? It's the same fucking machine. That allowed music to be made, that allows books to be printed, that allows television productions, that allows surveying, that allows scientific investigation of that allows that that allows lawyers and that allows doctors and that allows accountants and allows everyone. The efficiency that we work at now is fucking insane compared to just a hundred years ago. And the machine that does it is the same machine and it didn't exist a hundred years ago. So the the amplification of one idea is so profound that yeah, we should take very seriously. Thought experiments, in my opinion, as to what's yeah. coming.
2: It's the same machine that allows for the smooth controller flight response in Bit Shifter. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it is. It's it
2: that is. magic machine, isn't it? It is. It's that magic machine. I. That's.
1: And the game Bit Shifter is like a self-referential thing It happens inside a computer. Yeah. <laughs> and you know how it took you a minute to figure out? We did that on purpose. We want this game to make you smart. It, it's it did it took when i jumped even though <laughs> even though awesome. like the, the
2: tutorial was going like what i what i kind of liked was like I, I had missed that feeling where there wasn't like a giant flashing arrow in a big blue box on the ground with a bunch of things pointing at it to be like hey go over here like it was like what games used to be it would kind of just put you in and be like uh you're supposed to get these things and do something with them we took an incredibly Weird.
1: minimalistic approach and yep. so we had to do things over and over again because we wanted to have that feeling that you're doing it from step one and that you're not you're figuring it out you're not was, being told at all and that was so hard to do i wish we didn't do that the big blue squares are better we should have done that
0: <laughs> well, you, know
2: <laughs> you know what for a certain audience you know my favorite reviewer reviewed your game and ended up liking it which is like blew my mind because i watch mac on uh worth a buy constantly he's like my number one game reviewer And when i saw Bit Shifter, i was like paul's game and i watched and i was like oh please gentle. <laughs> and then and then he and then he was and then so i finally got around to playing it and i was like you know what i see what i see what he was talking about i liked that i liked it it gave me this sense of nostalgia and the old games i used to just dump into him never read the manuals i was like nine and i just got done installing it off of like 78 floppy disks, and here Good. I'm going. <laughs> I spent the whole afternoon sticking disk three of 78, <laughs> and then and it, would, it would load like 14 kilobytes, and it'd be like, Please insert disk four of 78. You'd be like, Okay. <laughs> And then you get in there and I have no idea what to do. That's uh, <laughs>
0: right. That's right.
2: You'd be fucking baffled. Do you remember Sim
1: Ant? You remember Sim Ant?
2: Oh game? yeah, dude! I love that game. That was the first oh. rage quit I ever had. <laughs> <laughs> I got so mad I turned the computer off because
1: of that game. Yo, yo, the game. Yeah, it's awesome. Dude. <laughs> <laughs> it was terrible. It, that was one of the first games that uh, I totally did not understand. No. The you scope know what or the hell was going on anything at all about it and that i had to come back to it after i saw someone playing it i was like you can do what with this game because yes. <laughs> i didn't even start from nothing and so i couldn't you can go in more. the house i, I, was... I know <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> exactly what the i'm the talking about i saw him like do all this i was like what the f-? yeah <laughs> Yeah. get in the house on that game but yeah you, your game game that, that was story. the first minecraft in a way i mean you know or whatever you know that's an excellent Fort- point no it's that the first a- dwarf fortress that's what it was yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> first Dwarf fortress end, dude.
2: <laughs> but I, comm- I commended you for that the very first things i noticed about the game was that it, it 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 just put you right in there and it was like hey figure it out and once you got a hang of it you're like hey this is kind of neat and then and the flight the feeling the physics on your spacecraft flying felt good like i was very impressed i've played some indie games where you know the art was cool but it lacked in a certain area and, and your game has that too i mean i'm not just gonna blow some smoke <laughs> up because your <ass. laughs> oh, <my. laughs> you're my buddy but at the same time like the thing i really like was that i was like thank you that it feels good to play the game because I've played so many games that just don't feel good to play. Like you, like get in there and it just moves like a husk yeah. of
1: shit. We should have made that. We should have made that, and then made some kind of game where it just AI comes at you and you fly across landscapes and you shoot it. And that should have been the, like, yeah. We tried to I innovate do. on a thousand ways, and we just should have just taken something super fucking simple like the ship and made some fun game out of that. You and been, like done?
2: Well, you nailed it, it on the
1: you, you <laughs> nailed it on the head.
2: Yeah. Uh, sorry to interrupt you, Todd, but you nailed it on the head, uh, Paul. When you when you're saying that, I can kind of tell, and it's the same thing with my band's record. It's the same thing I've been charged with by reviewers. It did. It's, to some people, they loved this aspect. Some people they didn't. Which is it just. What were you trying to do in some of these parts? You know, it's like you were overstretching, trying to be. You had a great, great song.
1: Yeah, just chop yeah. this shit out and give me that <laughs> intro, and I'm done. Right, right. Beat, chorus, like, What are you doing with all this? Yeah, right. <laughs> and,
2: and, and I did get that same, similar sense um, when when I was in there, but at the same time, man, I really think maybe you're onto something. Take the take that way you program that the, that flight control and the way that guy works. And put him into a thing where yeah. like, it's it's PVE, PvP, PvP, <laughs> <laughs> I
0: don't know. I'm, I'm with you. Here's, no,
1: I'm here.
0: here's what struck me about this because when I knew we were going to be talking about this, I went back and looked at some uh, other conversations Paul had had with people and uh, videos of of uh, the game being discussed. And one theme that keeps coming up is everybody has trouble when they come to describing like a genre or uh, categorizing this experience <clears throat> and I, I think people were going about it the wrong way because they wanted to go like well this is action strategy slash you know sim slash adventure and I what I'd rather do is explain it to somebody as like take Rogue Squadron and put it in the 90s animated series reboot <laughs> <Yes>! yeah <laughs> and, totally reboot totally and for it that reason awesome. like that I, I would Our, like, we've been so inspired by reboot this <laughs> and, and i i was too and so for that, that. for that reason i would hate to see you uh go away from that direction I, i'd sort of like to see this just sort of crawl like straight up its own ass and, and just really embrace no, that great. you
1: know <laughs> it would be great it would, it would be totally great and i can talk a little bit about like what the game is or where it came from i mean whatever you want to talk about I yeah, did a we're... bunch of interviews on the game and stuff, so I've, I've got my pattern down to, you know, you want the five-minute version? You know what I mean? We probably will
2: have to, because we like to try to keep this around an hour, and I think we're about approaching that, aren't we? Yeah, we probably
0: are. Uh, <laughs> All and right. so and I'm going to edit a couple he's, things he's out, because we got some bad audio in here. But uh, um, So what I want to do quickly is, for one thing, like, yeah, I, I definitely want to hear um, sort of any anything you want to add about, like, the state of the game. And I know... Like, I know that you have sort of probably conflicting emotions about where it's at, but, like, I know the early access thing could not have been maybe the experience you were expecting... And I'm, I'm wondering if
1: you're going to say more painful or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> right.
0: No. And, and that I mean, game. like every review on steam is like super positive. Like I couldn't find a, a negative word about it on steam, but it, it does seem like the early access people, like there's a certain crowd that gravitates towards this. And I think at the same time, they would normally get antsy about any other game. They got antsy about this without really taking into account. Like this is a labor of love. That's gone on many, many years.
1: Yeah. So yeah, that's true.
0: That's so, true. So do you think but that's I mean, maybe hurting you? Like they don't really know the the sort of um,
1: I don't know I, the. It's hurting me is there was a window I was told by people. You remember know, Jeff Chanel and people who said, "Hey, this window won't be open forever. You yeah. can make indie games. You can make money. Keep it fucking simple, stupid. Do something. Shut up." You know, <laughs> and and I went and fought and did this and that, and yeah, the window's long since so closed. The guy was really smart, and really you know insightful, and gave us all. Everything we needed. He was, I think, a little disappointed after everything was done because there wasn't really a whole lot of talent out there, and the talent out there—people like me who were like all into it and everything—and maybe you could actually make a game. We were just were so naive, you know, yeah. so much to making a game. They, you don't know it, then learning it the hard way is just the best. Of failure over tough, tough mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, the uh, it, it started. Look, I'll give you the five minute version, right? So. Back on the Atari ST, there was a game called Oids. And it was like the last great arcade game because video games on computers very much gravitated away from the way video games work when the idea was to play for a quarter, right? Mm -hmm. So instant death and all that stuff isn't really fun that the health bar was invented for that reason. But this game was like the last great arcade style game and I wanted to make it in 3D. So I said, oh, here's this. I'll just translate it make it 3D. guess what? You can't just take a 2 d game and put it in 3D and have it fun. It just doesn't work, weirdly. <laughs> yeah. And so when I was talking with somebody about, you know, what should I do with this? He said, kind of off the cuff, why don't you sort of change, like, the point? Why don't you take what you have and make something that's interesting with it? Like, you know, it's, hey, it's a computer. It's a virus. I and mean, it's spreading. You got to fight it. Do that. And so I just went off and, like, stupidly did that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and it was pretty fun. And we got the same. We, we, like, rinse and repeat over and over again, iterating on this stupid idea. Because it was like, once people understood what to do, it was fucking great, but they didn't know what to do. And there wasn't enough feedback. So we had to improve things. So you knew where the virus was and understood what you're supposed to do and all this kind of stuff, and actually teach it to you. So that tutorial, that first level, you know, we have a joke that we've made level A1 like 27 times, because we did. <laughs> like, over and over and over again. And I can tell you what that is. It's just like, And even though, I mean, we could have gone for, like, you can't possibly get to the next part of the map until you do the right thing. We just absolutely hated how that felt and how it worked and we just kept shooting for the moon man you know we wanted something more like you know, like half-life 2 or something where it's all seamless you know and you're doing a tutorial but it feels like you're just doing shit and yeah you know we just didn't do it man but it turned out to to live in a very weird space because there's games that are like strategy games where you make a certain number of decisions per minute right mm-hmm. but you don't really have to do anything other than click on stuff and yeah. then you've got action games where you have to make much less decisions per minute it's up to you to actually aim shit and do stuff, and we sit right in the middle of that space. There yes. is action, but there is also thinking, and so not really strategy so much as tactics. But if you use the word tactics, people think Rainbow Six, whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's the wrong genre. You get the wrong idea completely.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, because
1: like I mean, like a pointy-headed person's idea of tactics versus strategy—not what the industry uses. It for.
2: Yeah. Yes, because like you've got your real-time combat going on with the with the little dudes that are popping up and puking cool. stuff at you and shooting everything, and then you know you're controlling the spread of the virus with the little eight-bit guys, and it is neat. It's kind of like you've got uh, two mini games stacked on top of each other happening simultaneously. Oh, it's
1: worse, and then we just go crazy with it. <laughs> it's, so <laughs> yeah, bad. It's, it's so bad, dude. It just gets worse. How far did you get? Like, which level did you play to? I only three made... or something.
2: Yep, yep. And then I only made it a couple levels in, and I was like, you know, this is – at first I was like, what? And then it was yeah. like, oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's well, like, was I was so really see, yeah. I'm like, you know what? Later on, he's really, really going to start messing with me, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah. It gets, <laughs> I it can gets sense much, that. It gets so deep. It's so stupid, like how much you know, we have sort of there and everything. But, you know, it, it gets – it goes pretty deep because, you know, you fight the virus. The virus spreads, but there's a logic to it, you know, that, that balance that you try to get when you make a level to it because – Bits don't die. They can get just like knocked out and they're sitting on the ground smoking. But if you pick them up and throw them back out, they're fine. So Mm. you can heal. You are the healer too. You can heal them. And so if you get a bit maker working, then from there, you'll always have more and more bits. But the virus is relentless, it spreads on all fronts and it moves faster along the paths. So as time goes by, there's more virus. And so that's the logic of it: is you always have more bits, but there's always more virus spreading, right? It's almost
2: like you have a, 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 a you're you're almost always fighting a losing battle.
1: Yes, you are, and it's you know there was a lot of trouble with that because and
2: that's the sense I kind of got from it.
1: Yeah, well, there was there was a fundamental conflict there because that doesn't lead to what's fun in terms of pacing, which oh, goes into the same yeah. kind of pacing you have for like a, you know a movie. Or even for music, right? You don't have a song that's just... right. Yeah. Well, I do. That's kind of one of the reasons. That <laughs> but even you, you don't. You have parts yeah. that are more white space and less, more dense, yeah. more heavy, more vocals. You know what I mean? You do lots of things to mix it up. And it's all what we would call pacing, right? Does that make sense? That word pacing, you know? Yes. And so games have pacing issues. Oh, you don't just have level after level, harder, harder, harder. And, and also, there's a certain pacing curve that's the most satisfying, you know? And and that kind of thing is more is less like a song and more like an album. What or a place what songs do you put in what order to get the right? Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah,
2: yeah. It happens it
1: happens in miniature songs too. It's in the larger agglomeration place a set or a big piece of class. I mean then you have those pieces T V show or like video games. That's no so fun than what I just told you before because it happens
2: you're drifting again.
1: You have, sorry, you have more and more resources, but the enemy gets stronger, but at some point the tide turns, and then it's just mop up. Yeah. That's not, re- that's not really fun. That's not a strong ending, you know?
0: You yeah, see what I mean? So we had yeah. a lot
1: of issues with how we tried to fuck with that. It was almost like, you know, we had to almost always break our own formula to make the game. Fun. So, you know, I, the, the big picture story is this. We tried to innovate in seventeen dimensions, and we should have just picked the one. <laughs> that you, you should
2: have just stuck with the the ship combat
1: is what you're thinking. Because I anything, you, right? anything, anything, anything innovated in so many ways. We just didn't do all that. It's so dense, thick, and it's fun without all that. Instead, but we have this incredibly thick, dense, you know, ambitious game that only has so much done.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah, and the game engine is out of date and crap. So, like, wow, great, good job, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. it. So in a nutshell, that's sort of, you know, what we did and where I am and how I feel about it. So hopefully that wraps things up tightly. Yeah. We're well. talking about a lot of shit other than the game. And, you know, I'll come back and do more of that. Like I say, that that, that talk of, you know, games and education and kids. And it's just the reason that fires people up is because everybody understands it. That that's some important shit there.
0: Yeah, and, and I'm with you. I think I think after I wrap up the next project, we should have you back. I'm sure I'll be high on achievement, and we can, we can talk uh, sure. more about like the direction of of games and education and games, you know, helping us co- contribute to society in a positive way. All all the stuff that's flowery and sounds nice, but there's some real meat to to dig into and and to chew on there. Um, so I, yeah, I, like I said, I'd love to have you back sometime. We sure did talk about all kinds of stuff tonight. Um, this is awesome. So, do you, do you think you'll you'll sort of turn a corner and pick this back up? And or, or you yeah, know, we haven't even really
1: put it down yet. We're just pausing, like I've done many times before, because I really can't fucking stand it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. I get yeah. sick to my stomach thinking about it, and I'll sit down and I'll be like, okay, I'm going to force myself to do it, and it's just not the same. I have no problem forcing myself to do work. Like I work out of my house. and I have for a long time yeah. contract work for various people, and. I just, I keep a discipline there and I have no problem forcing myself to work. I really don't have any interest in it because I know that the day that I start blowing everything off is the day that all of a sudden I'll already be out of a job. You know, it'll be too late. You know what I mean? Either you're ahead by a bit or you're way fucking behind. And so I keep on top of that, right? Hmm. That's my job. That's like my livelihood. That's different. You know what I mean? It's easy to say, no, this is no fun, but put your big point pants on. You do really have to do this. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like brushing your teeth and other shit you might not like to do. You have to do it anyway. You do it. You know this uh, this other thing was it was a labor of love and when it starts to feel like this and I just like hate it and I hate myself that I can't finish it it gets really tough I just need to get some distance from it we're gonna do something I don't know we haven't even done an announcement yet to tell people yeah we haven't worked on it in a long time the lead developers addicted to Overwatch he's like oh, <laughs> he <won't laughs>
0: <treat it."
1: laughs> he's, he's in treat denial it. he won't even seek treatment it's bad so. You know, we haven't a, even done that,
2: junk but red, uh, I don't know if we're just going to
1: finish it and ship what we have for, for cheap and say, look, we had big plans. We never got that far, but it's still a, a fun game. And here it is for a reasonable price for what you get. Whether we're going to say the same basic thing, but open source it, make it free. Just say, let's recruit other people who are young and stupid and want to make this, maybe remake it in another engine. You know, like here's the template. Here's an amazing game. You want to make one? You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And be involved with that because that might fire me up to to see other people do this instead of me you know that same thing like when you, you see your kids you know and the effect of what you've done you know oh, what yeah
2: I mean? mm-hmm. yeah well i mean i'm just gonna just encourage you to continue and consider you know either maybe like you said and the idea of you just saying hey let's just polish it up a little bit more and then ship it as is and send it in this price and maybe that is ultimately what you need to do because i didn't release my band's first full-length album until the week i was just like I'm putting it out. Like, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm not happy with all aspects of it by any means. I don't listen to it. I don't want to hear it again. I I'm too critical. Of my I don't want to
1: hear it again, dude. There you go. I don't want to play this game one more time.
2: I, right. And but at the same time, it's just like I had to. I had to just do it. And and I'm think I think I'd like to encourage you to do the same, maybe, and that way you can move on and and do do a sequel to it, and then do the cool things you want to do with it. And and uh, less is more approach like uh, I, I sometimes talk to todd and i imagine myself wanting to develop a game at some point too maybe even if it's just for fun or morbid curiosity or i'm a statist or something or this is turning. Awesome.
1: this is turning into like therapy <laughs>
0: yeah. right?
2: and, and i'm thinking uh, to myself what i'm noticing is is that you it has to be fun for the, the player like feels good that's a big thing to me man it's why brawlhalla has got its fangs in me right now It's why overwatch still has its fangs in me. the games just feel good to play one's 2d and like basic art one's 3d and incredible but they still just they feel really good at the basic level and i think you had that have that with the flight controls for sure with the controller on bit shifter and if you just like took that and
0: yeah. and just do you use a game pad ever
1: do you like controllers?
0: Yeah, it
2: works oh, on a man. controller too. That's what I'm be saying. With a yeah. controller, it's awesome,
1: dude. With the oh, Air you did play controller? that way? Okay, okay, yeah. As it soon as works I turned on the it on, I was like, oh, yeah. It works on the fucking Steam controller. Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah, as soon yeah, as I yeah. turned
2: it on, I'm like, dude, I'm using the control. I could auto- automatically tell. I was like, the oh, Steam I'm controller using is the controller. almost
1: the best in a way just because it's got those paddles underneath. So you've got enough buttons for everything you want to do without being kind of ridiculous. You know?
2: Yeah, that's tight. Because the rise and
1: fall, the crouch and go up or just. People are more used to that in the game space, whereas in the controller yeah. space, putting that like, on the bumper things is such a pain in the ass to your finger off the trigger button. Yeah. Unlike uh, the Steam controller, you have these under paddles that you're like, you're holding the controller, your your other fingers underneath have these paddles. Kind of like paddles yeah. on the steering wheel of a car. Do you know what I'm talking about? Those yeah. things, those, are, those are fucking great. I wish every controller had those.
0: Oh, yeah. Huh.
1: So, you know, I mean, that's like the only part in a way. What they yeah. did <laughs> that was just really fucking awesome was those under buttons. I mean, it was there's a lot of stuff. Yeah. yeah. it's just like it's funny. This turning into therapy for <laughs> <laughs> okay, me. What am I here to do, Bob? It's like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> once you write you like, what you think and fold it up, and then next month we're gonna open that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't, no, go. I take entirely what you said to heart, and that's why I'm trying to answer honestly by saying we don't know quite yet what we're doing. We're gonna allow ourselves to not work on it. And be okay with that. You know, it's it is like therapy. You know. And when we figure out what we're going to do, we'll go forward with that and not feel bad about it, you know, whatever that there is. There you go. There you go. Yeah. You
0: know?
1: <laughs> so I'm with you, man.
0: What I was going to say as a closing thought was, uh, I, I think it's exactly that that you described, that you you sit it down when you're not feeling it. Uh, you find that you're not really able to do it when you're not in the right frame of mind. And it's not the same as, you know, well, I have to fill, fill out my taxes or I'm going to, you know, <laughs> get arrested. It's, it's this thing where it's like, you know, I don't feel this flowing through me right now. I think the fact that you're sticking to that is exactly what people are connecting with on the player end. I think that's exactly why they're so hungry for it. And for that reason, whichever direction you go, I think you guys are going to do very well. So cool. uh, I would say absolutely, you know, don't don't beat yourself up. I think that's exactly what got you here.
1: Cool. Cool. And there is a lot there. So, you know, shipping what we have is is reasonable when it comes to content. And we've got a more done than we, than we shipped. We got a bunch before we had said, Jesus, i just going to put this down for a while. We actually made some progress. and In fact, we did even stupid things like we expanded the scope of a little bit and tried to make a level that involved making new features even a little bit to try to mix this up. So if we go forward, we're probably going to have to ax that to be realistic <laughs> and just get some levels done with features that already do work. Get it done, ship it. You know what I mean? But yeah. just so that you know, there's an awful lot there since you just tasted the waters that J-Rex you can see yes. why people like it because it, it goes, it, I mean, it gets it gets pretty deep, right? It gets that's pretty cool, deep. I man. can definitely sort of tease you at this point, knowing what you did. I can say, oh, you know what? And I can get you to play the next couple levels and then the next level like that because we've, we've got an awful lot packed in there. You know and I mean, wow. we, we essentially are giving it at the fastest pace that we can with that philosophy of people have to kind of figure it out on their own. And so we just kind of give them something in a sense that's kind of like we show you and then we let you use it. And then we do it like every other one like that over and over so that's awesome
0: so we will uh, definitely look forward to uh, seeing seeing things progress and uh, i'm excited to have you uh, not too far away when that happens absolutely paul thanks again and uh, come back anytime all right, later. all right that does it for this week i want to thank paul dana once again for his time Check out Plastic Games. Check out Bid Shifter on Early Access on Steam. It's a great game with clearly big stuff coming in in the uh, future. Thanks again to John Scheiber for hanging out with us this week, and if you enjoyed the show, please feel free to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play. Uh, we're on SoundCloud. Drop us a rating, or a review, share it with a friend. Uh, interact with us on social media. That's just as important to us, and we wouldn't do this if it weren't for the great uh, discussions and the uh, just, just the awesome dialogue we get to participate in. So, For my co-host John Scheiber, for our guest Paul Dana, and for coderightplay.com, my name's Todd Mitchell. Thanks, keep playing, and we will talk to you next week.